You're listening to SA Talk, San Antonio's favorite podcast for local events, topics, and discussions involving the Alamo City. I'm your host and favorite retirement advisor, Zachary Esperiqueta. Today is Friday, June 18th. Fiesta is in full swing and Father's Day is this weekend. So because of that, just like I did back in May, I want to put out a special episode where I get to interview my own dad. I get to talk to him about how we got here to San Antonio, some of our fondest sports memories, and of course, places around town that he enjoys now. Also excited to announce a cool new partnership with two local foodie accounts where they will be providing the Essay Talk recommendation of the week in the last segment. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you live in San Antonio, you probably follow some foodie accounts on Instagram. And I can tell you the best foodie accounts in the Alamo City are Essay Bites and Essay Lunchador. So be sure to stick around for the last segment after my Father's Day talk to hear one of their local recommendations. With that said, let's get right to my conversation with my dad, Roland Esperiqueta. Well, first off, happy Father's Day. Congratulations. You get to be my dad. Thank you. That's that's an honor. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when I I did the, the episode with mom, uh, my listeners found out that, you know, her family was in the military and she moved out to different places. But you, you were, you were born in one place and pretty much raised there, right? Yeah. So I was born in Beeville, Texas, little town in between San Antonio and Corpus Christi. You know, born there, grew up there. A little known fact about Beeville, when the Bushes were uh, in office, they both used to fly into the little tiny Beeville airport and go hunting. There's a lot of dove hunting around there. The Secret Service would inundate the town and they were all over the place. If there was a local dance. Their kids would go. And, you know, it was a unique experience that Beeville got to uh, got to experience when whenever the Bushes were in town hunting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. They used to have a base there, though. Yeah, they used to have a naval base. In fact, uh, your grandpa, my dad, worked there for a number of years. Uh, it was a naval air base. And so and they eventually, when they did a lot of major base closures, they closed it down. And now the industry there really fortunately or unfortunately, are prisons. So there's two prisons in Beeville, and they employ, you know, a lot of people in Beeville. So, you know, a lot of people in a small town like Beeville, a lot of people tend to stay there. I mean, in general, even in big cities, they they stay in the area that they were uh, born in and, and grew up in. But you ended up moving to Austin. Obviously, now you're in San Antonio, but you moved to Austin to go to school. So, I mean, what was that like being, growing up in a small town, than actually having to live in Austin. Not just going to UT, but adjusting to that big city life. Yeah, so it it was quite a change. Your mom had started at UT before I did. I spent uh, a a year in junior college uh, in Beeville, in fact. Eventually transferred to University of Texas at Austin. You know, this was in the 80s. Crazy times. Uh, I mean, everybody says that about their college days, but uh, a lot of activism in the 80s. There were a lot of things going on. So I got to experience a lot of that on-campus activism. The Sandinista thing was going on. There was conflicts in Iran. And so it was it was an interesting time to be there. And I worked in the restaurant business. So I got to know a lot of people in the restaurant business and the bar business. So I really got to explore Austin. At that time... Austin, it wasn't as big, right? Right. Austin was really a big town, which it isn't anymore. It's much more like a, a city. It's grown quite a bit. And, you know, the whole Austin weird thing was really emerging. It was a great place to live. Uh, I had a difficult time when I moved to San Antonio eventually. It, it was a totally different culture here. And I've lived in San Antonio almost 
30 years or at 30 years, but I've, I grew to love San Antonio and it was a great place to raise you and your brother. Uh, I love San Antonio and, and, and glad I moved here. But yeah, well, we went up to Austin a lot. <laughs> we oh, yeah. took a lot yeah, of trips, yeah. which we're, we're going to get into that later on. But I guess explain a little bit what you do. I know on the podcast a lot, I talk about my both my parents' background in education and you're in education still now, but I mean, that's only recently. Right. You, know, you left education for a little bit. Mainly, your background has been in education. Right, right. So I was a longtime educator in Northside School District here in San Antonio. I also worked at San Antonio ISD for a couple of years as a teacher, and I was a teacher administrator at Northside. Then I left uh, into the private industry for a little over 11 years. I worked at uh, Pearson Education. A lot of people in education are familiar with Pearson products there. They're really big. But I, I worked for a division called the clinical division. We did a lot of re- really dealing with behavior and analytics for around behavior. So that that was my niche. And I, I did that at Northside as well. So after 11 years, the opportunity uh, opened up for me to come back to public education. Now I work in San Marcos uh, CISD. I had some former colleagues that, that were there and mentioned an opportunity to me. So I decided to jump on that. And I'm I'm really enjoying that. I I jumped in in the middle of a pandemic, which I've never experienced. Nobody had ever experienced. So that's been quite a learning experience for me, even though overall, even at Pearson, I worked in education. This is really, I'm going to my 30th year in education. So, you know, I've seen a lot of things, but definitely never, never experienced quite what we experienced during the pandemic. A lot of your years in education was an administrator. You worked in uh, central office, I know, for a number of years in in Northside and now central office for San Marcos, uh, CISD. But you were interacting with kids at at some point. You know, I know you were an assistant principal at a couple of school, a couple of middle schools. I don't know what you did in SAISD. I I was a teacher and I was a teacher at Northside. Uh, I taught special education, primarily students with behavior disorders and, and students with emotional disturbance. I did both that at SAISD and Northside. So definitely interacting Interact with students with a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the reason I ask is obviously this is, you know, for a Father's Day episode. Do you think that your perspective in those roles at the time changed when you became a dad? Absolutely. I think it just gave me a different perspective. When you have kids, as, as anybody can attest, you just look at life through a different lens. And it made me a, a better educator, I think. It enabled me to see things differently sometimes. It made me more compassionate with parents. You know, I was in their shoes now. And so I I think it definitely made me a better parent, but uh, also a better educator. Yeah, I kind of brought it up earlier when we're talking about going to Austin because we took a lot of family field trips on the weekends to Austin. We traveled a lot in general. I mean, I know I traveled a lot as a kid growing up. I've talked about that. The trips we took to to California and, you know, Florida, going on cruises. But I'm curious because now when I travel with my girlfriend, Amanda, whenever I'm looking at a trip, I'm like, okay, what game can we go to? Did you think that way back then or was it more like it was a family trip or did you try to find games to go to? Because that's what I try to do now. Like I try to find a Dodger game if we're going to L.A., you know. Well, and, and I, I took you to some Dodger games uh, and I'm sure your audience knows you're a Dodger fan. I'm a Dodger fan. We did go to some games. I don't know if you remember. We happened to be on vacation one summer. We went to a Dodgers-Cubs game. It just so happened that the All-Star game was in Anaheim. And so we were there right at All-Star break, right? This was like 4th of July or something like that. And so I got on eBay, was able to get two tickets to the All-Star game. We went and dropped uh, your mom and your little brother off at Disneyland. 
and we took a train to Anaheim Stadium. The train drops the fans off right there by the stadium. Both of us got to experience our first All-Star game. I'd never been an All-Star game. You know, I don't know how much you remember of that, but... A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I remember the train ride. Yeah. I remember the train ride going to, to, the, to yeah. the stadium was, in Anaheim it was, there. It was unbelievable. I always wanted to do that. I'm a big baseball fan. Well, and we went to a lot of games. I mean, I remember thinking as a kid, and even now, now I don't have you know, a list of like stadiums to visit. But I remember growing up thinking like, okay, well, I've been to a number of different, we'd go to Texas baseball games. We'd go to Longhorn basketball games, Longhorn football games. We went Astros games. Astros games in, in Houston. Whenever the Dodgers were in town, we'd go to the Dodgers games. So, so, so just uh, uh, another cool thing. Uh, and I don't know if you remember, you were pretty young, but a good friend of mine, Javier, who's who's like your uncle and his daughter and yourself, we all went to the Astros-Dodger game, the last, week, actually the second to last game ever played at the Astrodome. So you were there uh, the second to last game. The, the next day was was going to be the last game. It happened to be Dodgers were in town in the last series that, that the Astrodome was open. So that was a momentous time. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is you got to see a no-hitter. I don't know if you remember that at, at UT. The Longhorn game. Yeah, yeah. That so, I remember. And It was uh, against OU, and, which is even better. Uh, for true you know, high school basketball fans in San Antonio, we also got to see Jay win the state championship on a last-second shot from half court. So yeah. we, we've gone to some really cool stuff, I have yeah. to say. We, we, we've been lucky. Yeah. And, and I, a lot of those things I do remember. I don't really remember going to the game at the Astrodome. I was probably too little at the time. But of course, I do bring up a lot. You know, people think that I hate on the Astros since they since they cheated the Dodgers from winning a World <laughs> Series. I don't hate the Astros. I don't like the pe- the players that cheated. But I still like the Astros as a yeah. team just because I grew up going to watch them Absolutely. almost every summer. And 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 they're they're my second favorite team. They still are, even just despite the whole cheating scandal and whatever. Yeah. I, I still root for the Astros, but against I'm I'm a Dodger fan, right? Uh, and so, but but just to kind of follow up on your question, most of the time we'd go on vacation, we wouldn't go to games. Your mom and I would plan stuff, and and you know we kind of had the trip planned out. Yet we would do some some if we came upon some stuff on a trip, we'd do it. But typically we didn't do a lot of sports stuff unless it was just you and I. If you remember uh, our neighbor, one of our neighbors and his son and you and I, we used to go to the Longhorn uh, games, a Longhorn lot. UT, uh, UT basketball game every year and spend the night there. And that was a tradition for us. And so we did a lot of that stuff kind of just really just me and you. Not in those actual like family vacations. Typically not. Do you remember around the time I got into sports? You know, obviously there's when you're a baby, Usually you don't like sports and it's at a certain age that, that really you kind of start enjoying sports if you are ever going to enjoy sports. Cause I, I remember, but I'm interested if it ever hits you at any certain Okay. Point. Well, I think when it really hits you was when you started playing sports. Uh, but more uh, when you're a little older, you used to play at the Y, you played, ba- I coached in basketball, you played a little bit of baseball. But when you started playing football in middle school, your level of interest really elevated at that time, I think. Uh, you liked sports before that, but in terms of watching games, and we don't do it every game, but we still tailgate outside our house and we watch the UT games. And But you and your group of friends, I feel like you guys really got into it when you started playing football in middle school. But I don't know if that's what you're... What you're I think that's where my, my love for football really grew. I think before then, I played a lot of basketball. Yes. Especially YMCA. There's a lot of people who don't know this. In fact, most people don't know this, but except for you and mom, pretty much. I mean, I used to like the Lakers 
before I was a big Spurs fan. That's really the sport I watched a lot. I played a lot of basketball because our neighbor, you know, Eric was one of my good friends and we play basketball outside all the time. I would watch basketball all the time. I would say around the age of seven or eight was really when I started liking sports more, playing it, paying more attention to it. Because I remember, it's weird. I don't know how I remember these things. I remember playing like in little baseball, t-ball leagues when I was really little. I don't know. I just, there's like little visions that I can still like feel and see. And I remember not liking it. It just came to a certain point where I would see our neighbor Eric play basketball. And so I wanted to play basketball. And that's just kind of like what grew it. And then watching the Lakers, of course, that was the early 2000s. So the Lakers were on their streak of three championships in a row. And then that was in between two Spurs championships. So I was around a lot of like good basketball and playing out with my friends. So I think that's what really like set it off. What also really got me more interested in sports as well, because at that point it was just basketball. It was the Red Sox winning the World Series in 04. At the time, we were watching a lot of those playoff games together. Yes, we did. And especially, that was great baseball. It was good theater. Especially the, you know, the famous comeback down 3-0 to the Yankees, their rivals in the ALCS. I mean, that was like, I, I, I just remember because I, I didn't like baseball before. I didn't watch baseball before. But I remember watching that with you thinking like, this is good. Like, this is fun to watch. And then, of course, they went on to win. I mean, the World Series wasn't as entertaining. But that's when I was like, okay, so now I like basketball. Now I enjoyed baseball. And football, it hadn't started yet because you're exactly right. And middle school is when I started playing. That's when I started, like, you know, I need to pay attention more. I started watching the Longhorns. And, again, it kind of just luckily fell in line with the Longhorns getting really good at football because in 04, of course, they won the Michigan Rose Bowl uh, with Cedric Benson and Vince Young. And so that was exciting seeing that game-winning field goal. And then the next year, they make a championship run. So, again, it kind of just, like, all these moments kind of fell in line to be like, okay, that's that's what got me interested in playing sports. For basketball, it was the Lakers and the Spurs. For baseball, it was the Red Sox-Yankees. And then football, it was seeing the Longhorns play. And so I just remember that was kind of the time. I would say the early 2000s was yes. really when I just loved sports. But the reason I bring it up is because, you know, throughout – my middle school time and and time in high school, I mean, a lot of my life revolved around sports. And, you know, y'all would take me to camps all the time, right? Like Longhorn camps. Yeah. So you went to Longhorn camps starting your, if I'm correct, the summer of your eighth grade, uh, when after your eighth grade year, all up until the summer of your junior year before your senior year of uh, high school football. So you would go, we'd take you, the first year we'd stay there and uh, you would stay on site at a dorm or something, and we would just stay in town and go do stuff, go watch you practice. After that, I think we just really went and dropped you off and came home. I think one year I went up there with a couple of my buddies, and they wanted to go see what it was all about. And that, that was a that was a good experience. Um, we also did the basketball, or I did the basketball oh, yeah. camp. Yeah, there. you did basketball camp. A couple well. of years, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. there with the Longhorns basketball Absolutely. camp. I think I think what was interesting is you kind of grew to love baseball, even though you didn't play a lot of baseball. And I wanted you to play baseball. I didn't push you to play because I just I didn't see that you were loving it. And I loved it. Like I played baseball. I even as an adult, I played softball, fast pitch and slow pitch softball. And I wanted you to love it. I think now you love it, even though you don't play it. I always wanted you to play baseball. But but I knew that wasn't your at the time wasn't your passion right. But well, I joke that I should have either that or soccer because of my uh, I'm not the tallest person in the world and I chose two sports that 
require you pretty much to be tall, football and basketball. Well, and <laughs> but and you know, just just so your audience knows, your your brother's quite tall and and big in stature, and you you would always complain and ask, you know, why didn't I get the big and tall jeans? And so that was always the joke around here. <laughs> your your frustration with that. So. I guess that that kind of brings me to a a good question, which is, you know, sometimes you see that in in parents. You know, in, in high school, especially, you know, these parents who really go over the edge when it comes to pushing their kids. But like you said, you didn't do that when it came to baseball. How do you find that perfect medium? Because you coached, you coached some of my like YMCA leagues yeah, and things of that sort. So why did you find yourself in the middle? You know, I have to say probably I drew upon some of my edu- educator experience in terms of pushing too hard. I didn't want to I wanted to, you to be exposed to it and to see if you liked it. And, and you got to do some of that. But, you know, you wouldn't steer towards baseball, per se, let's say. And then you really steered towards football. You were in love with football. There was a time when you ate, slept, breathed football. I played Little League football when I was a kid, but I never really pursued football. Uh, my Mine was baseball. And, and recreationally, I played a lot of basketball with my friends. But I just felt like... Honestly, we had some neighbors at the time who no no longer live on our on our street, and I would see them do that to their kids, and I could tell some of them. Some of the kids loved it, some of the kids didn't. You know, they had a couple of different neighbors. They had several kids, three, four, five kids, and they would push their kids to do this, and I could tell some of them were miserable, and I I didn't want to do that. At the end of the day, you had some good experiences. You did what you wanted to do and liked to do, so I really don't have any regrets about that. Well, and that's what I think is interesting is, is obviously I'm not a I'm not a dad. I don't have that experience. But, you know, going back to some of the like the camps, for example, I mean, it costs a lot of money. Right. And you're investing a lot of time and a lot of money into your kid, not knowing, you know, what what's really going to come out of it. But do you, do you think that just kind of comes with the job <laughs> being a dad? You know, you yeah. just you just got to do what you got to do. You know that your kid loves something and you just. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, the camps were, yes, about learning some things. So you you learned some things there. But it wasn't about really pushing you. I wanted to expose you to kids from different parts of the state, different parts of the country. There were kids from all over that would go there and you would make friends there while while you were there. You got to meet all the UT coaches. Uh, Same thing in basketball. You know, it just it's a learning experience. And I, I saw it more as a learning experience than just like a skills camp, which it was a skills camp, but that's not really the biggest reason I wanted you to go. Going back to more dad-related or, or like father-related, when did it kind of hit you after I was born? You know, that oh shoot factor, <laughs> that oh, I'm shoot. a dad. <laughs> well, it happened early on, and I'm not sure if, you're, if your mom may have mentioned the story. You were real recent newborn, and your mom and I were at home with you one evening, and we were trying to clip your nails for the first time because you had long nails as a baby. And we would usually put mittens on you so you wouldn't scratch yourself. Well, I'm trying to clip your nails and your mom's holding your hand. And I clipped your skin and it started bleeding. And normally that's like not a big deal, right? Right. Like if you clip but when your it's nail. your kid and that's the first, you're, you're a brand a new parent, then you have the, oh, you know what moment. Yeah. And you're like, wow, we were scared. I mean, for a minute there, like it wouldn't stop bleeding and. We thought, do we need to take them to the emergency room? I mean, we were kind of freaking out a little bit. But then, you know, then it stopped. And then looking back on it, it was silly. But I have to say that was the 
first time where it did kind of hit me in that, you know, you love and care for someone more than yourself to the degree that, oh my gosh, like you were everything to us. And um, it really hit me that day when I, when I didn't know what to do at that moment. And anytime you were sick, I would get very anxious. Like when I was a baby. When you were a baby. Like when you, yeah, probably up until you were three, four, five years old. You know, you would get sick. You know, we'd call if it was your grandma here with you while while we were at work or your mom would stay home or I would stay home. I would get anxious. And, and that's just the way you get about your kids. Now, after time goes on, you kind of get through that and you're you're going to be okay. We give you medicine, blah, blah, blah. Now, with your brother, you know, we had already learned that already stuff. Learned, yeah, yeah, we didn't, we didn't you know, and, and I know people talk about that all the time. But, I, you know, I grew as a parent through those experiences. Definitely. Do you think... Having the newborn and, and kind of those those first couple of years are the hardest parts about parenting. Now that you can look back, you can kind of see, I mean, obviously I'm, I haven't gone through my entire life, but I've gone through the period of time that I'm that you've been over my watch, right? You know, living here at home. Was that kind of like the hardest time, would you say? I, I think it's pretty close to when you're a brand new newborn and a first time parent. Yes, I would say that's. That's a very crucial time. But then the other part is when you're an adolescent and you're going into high school. Driving myself around. Uh, the first day you drove, uh, at the time when I was working in, in the private industry and I was I traveled a lot. I remember the first day you drove to school, your mom and I were a mess. We had you call from school or text. I, I can't remember. Somehow we said, you need to let us know you're there. You need to let us know when you leave. And of course, you know, from our house, you went to Taft High School, you went to Com Arts at, at Taft, and the traffic there at the time, you know, we didn't have an overpass, and it was actually being built around that time. It was very dangerous. So we were very concerned. Uh, you know, when you drove, I was same kind of thing, anxious. But even before that, just you growing up, you know, hey, you know, I, I want my kid to make the right decisions. I don't want him getting caught up in drugs or drinking or whatever. That was a tough time. So it's pretty close to newborn, adolescence, teenager. Both those times, I would say, are can can be trying as a parent. Well, and that, and that kind of goes along with, with one of the questions, which was, you know, what in your eyes, in generally, just generally speaking, I know you touched on them, but like just challenges that you face as a parent that you probably didn't think about before you were a parent. Saying no. Yeah. Saying no is harder sometimes than people think it is, but... That was something that it was hard for me at first, but I knew that I had to, I had to believe that I knew what was best. I know there were times you wanted to go somewhere or you wanted a certain toy or whatever. And at the time we, you know, the, the answer was no. And, and to see the disappointment in your child's face and their body language, you would get upset sometimes, or you wanted to go to a party or you wanted to do this with your, your friends were going to go do something out of town and you want and the and saying no to you is difficult. And I knew you were going to be upset with me. That was hard. It's, t- it's tough to say no to your kids, but in certain circumstances, you have to do it and know that, you know, they're going to be better for it. If you had to give a general answer on what it takes to be a dad, to be a father, let's say, you know, a colleague of yours is in their early 20s and they're about to have a kid and they come to you for advice. They ask you, you know, you've been through it. What, what do you think it takes to be a dad, to be a good dad? I think you have to spend quality time with your kids, and that could be boring weekends at home. That could be Disneyland. That could be throwing the ball out around on the street. 
going to a game. You know, I felt like we did a lot of family stuff growing up. I always would tell people, and I still tell people, you have a window of time to be a parent, to be a good parent in those critical years. There's a window of time. That window will elapse. And you have to look back and say, how did I do during that window? That doesn't mean you stop being a parent. I mean, right? So we, we, we talk about things all the time. And you're 28 years old. But not like when you're in elementary school or middle school or high school. So I would say definitely spend quality time with your with your son or daughter making memories uh, because that's what kids remember. And just know that there are times you're going to have to say no. And it's going to be okay. Well, I was told no a lot. Uh, I don't think my brother was told no enough, but... I was. I think I was told no more than more my brother, but that's okay because you know. Yeah, I mean that's uh, your perception. That's okay. Yeah. The firstborn is the lab rat, and I think that. Uh, I I have to agree with that to some degree. I, I think I think it can be proven, but being that it's a it's a San Antonio related podcast, of course you know that. What are some places around San Antonio that you've enjoyed in the past? Maybe still enjoy places that you would frequent around town. What are some local spots that you would go to? I think when you were when you were really young, uh, the children's theater, we you know we would go do that, and we didn't used to frequent downtown a lot, but every now and then we'd go, and uh, we used to do Fiesta Texas in the summers. I think you probably have some good memories of that. That was you know we we we'd get the family pass and take you, and then eventually when your brother was born, take your brother. Family was in town, we'd always go, and it was always a fun time. Uh, I haven't been to Fiesta Texas in, in quite a bit. But I have fond memories of doing that. We've been going to our favorite restaurant, or one of our favorite restaurants, El Chaparral. You know, I love going there. I still, we still go there. Me and you we and your brother. Still see Mr. Garcia. Still see Mr. Garcia, and I'm sure a lot of families have those memories. It just, when I go there, it feels like home. Like it feels very comfortable, and I have good memories. Uh, you know, before, and I'm talking about the one in Helotus, the original one before it was expanded. Uh, we used to go there when it was a tiny restaurant. And then it expanded, of course. So that's one of that's that's a place of San Antonio that I really treasure. What about some places now? Well, I have to say that you exposed me to a lot when you lived downtown. You know, because I didn't spend a lot of time downtown. Now I used to work downtown uh, when I worked at SAISD. I used to work right across from the old Frost Motor Bank, and I would walk in that in that perimeter right around there where the Bill Millers is and. I think it's still there, the Bill Millers. Mm-hmm. And so, little, you know, right around there. But I didn't spend a lot of, you know, we would go down, down and work and then go back out. You know, we live out in the suburbs and didn't spend a lot of time. Now, just just the different places downtown, different. I like going to new restaurants, you know, listening to the podcast. You guys talk about all these cool places. You always give me, I, you know, when people come to town, you know, they'll ask me and I'll, you know, I'll say, well, let me, let me ask Zach. You know, he, he kind of knows what kind of, what kind of place you're looking for and he'll, and I'll ask you, and you know, you typically have good recommendations. So, uh, a place I really like to go out is the Rustic. I like that place. Uh, I like the fact they have music. I think it's a cool bar. Uh, we got there occasionally, and really just you know the the local restaurants that we still go to around here. Texas Hamburger Company. I'm a big Texas Hamburger Company guy. I'm on Hebner. Well, one of the places that I've enjoyed that I've gone a couple of times that you recommended was the Friendly Spot. I really like that place. I've, I've been there a handful of times, but that, you know, going to Southtown and that, I, I, I really kind of like that scene. Well, I'll wrap it up by just saying I, I appreciate you doing the Father's Day episode with me and happy Father's Day for real. You know, thank um, you, son. I appreciate you and thank you for everything that you still continue to do, but that you did in the past. So well, I thank you that. for having me on. And I want to say that 
you know, as a dad, both you and your brother made me very proud. That's another thing I, I would say I would tell young dads or new dads is, you know, you'll know how well you did as your kids grow up, how well you've taught them things and, and guided them. Because, you know, you're you're doing what you like to do, what you want to do. You know, very proud of what you've done with the podcast and, and in your career. So I'm glad to see that. And it makes me proud as a dad. So thank you. That's going to do it for my conversation with my dad. We're going to take a quick ad break and I'll be back with the all new local recommendation and question of the week. Stay tuned. Hey guys, it's Zach. As some of you may know, I help people plan for retirement. And as your advisor, I can not only show you how money truly works, but put you in control of your money today and in retirement. If you're looking to schedule a financial review, please give me a call at 210-760-0409. Welcome back into SA Talk. In the third and last segment, we'll be doing the local recommendation as well as my question of the week to leave the listeners with. Like I mentioned earlier, starting this week, I'll be inviting two local food bloggers who consistently light up their IG accounts with food pics onto the podcast to give their local food and drink recommendations. Plus, if we're being honest, I would trust their food recommendations way more than my own. So the two San Antonio food bloggers that will be joining me every Friday on SA Talk will be SA Bites. Their page on Instagram is at s.a.bites. And S.A. Lunchador, his page on Instagram is at S.A. Lunchador. It's S.A. like San Antonio, lunch, and then adore. So it's kind of like Luchador, if you kind of get the reference there. So this week, I'm excited to have Riona from S.A. Bites give you the S.A. Talk local recommendation. Here she is. Hey, my name is Riona, and I run S.A. Bites. And here to add commentary to today's recommendation is S.A. Lunchador, also another fellow San Antonio foodie. So I know Zach had mentioned Kimura as his favorite ramen spot, but mine happens to be Hiro's Ramen and Sushi. I've tried several places in San Antonio for ramen, like Piranha Izakaya, Ito Ramen, Noodle Tree, Suck It, Tenko, Kimura, JY Ramen, and Bakudan. And so far, Hiro's Ramen and Sushi has been number one. It's definitely on my top list as well. So Heroes is located on 13444 West Avenue, San Antonio, Texas, 78216. They're usually open from 12 to 8, and on Fridays and Saturdays, they're open till 9 p.m. So I usually like to get the Heroes Spicy Tonkotsu Ramen. I get that one, too, because I think it's honestly the best one that they have. Yeah, so it's a pork-based ramen, and it has a good spice level, and uh, it's very flavorful. It has a marinated egg, black mushrooms, bamboo shoots, green onions, chasu pork, and corn. And obviously, the star of the show is the ramen, but I do have to talk about their appetizers because they've got some pretty good ones. One of my personal favorites that I always get is their karage, which are basically fried little chicken bites. Think popcorn chicken, but with a lot more flavor. And they offer it with two sauces. I think one's kewpie mayo, but I don't know what the other one is, but it's really good and I highly recommend it. They also have takoyaki, rice bowls, and sushi. Can't forget about the mini store that they have in there, too. Yeah, they have a whole bunch of Japanese snacks. They also have a crazy amount of drinks. I think I tried counting on the last time, and I lost count at like 50-something. They have quite a selection. And then they have like ice cream mochi, and they have my favorite snack there, and I get like 10 at a time. I honestly just go crazy with the candy section, and I spend like $10 on top of my meal because they have a pretty good selection. So if you really want to try a really good spot for ramen, I definitely recommend Hero's Ramen and Sushi. 
Thank you both for that. I guess I have a new ramen place I need to try. So you can follow Heroes Ramen and Sushi at Heroes Ramen X Sushi, both on Instagram and Facebook. Again, that's at Heroes, H-E-R-O-S, Ramen X Sushi on Instagram and Facebook. And their website is the same, HeroesRamenXSushi.com. So moving on to the question of the week, since this coming Sunday is Father's Day, I would like to ask the fathers out there, what do you think makes a great father? I'm sure the experienced fathers might have some good answers. Uh, Even the newer fathers may think that they have it all figured out already. Either way, let's see what you guys have to say. If you want to answer on Facebook or Instagram, look for the Essay Talk new episode post that I always do and leave your answers there. If you want to answer on Twitter, which is my preferred platform, please reply and use hashtag Essay Talk answers. Even though I'm not a father, I am really interested in hearing what you guys have to say. With that said, that is going to wrap up this week's episode of SA Talk. Before I let you go, I wanted to give a huge thank you to all of the loyal listeners. You all keep the podcast going for sure, and thank you for that. I also want to thank any new listeners checking out the show for the very first time. If you enjoyed this episode, I would encourage you to check out my other series, Searching for San Antonio. If you also want to help out the podcast, please give a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Want to keep up with the podcast? Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SAPod Network. If you absolutely love the podcast and the content, you can support the podcast by visiting the link in bio and clicking support. It allows you to set up monthly donations to the podcast, and I would greatly appreciate it if you did. Lastly, if you and or any business owners you know are looking to advertise with a great local podcast, please reach out to me at Zachary at SAPodNetwork.com. With two shows now on the network, there are more open slots for advertising and other sponsorship opportunities. Thank you all again. Have a wonderful weekend. See you again next week. Viva Fiesta and Viva San Antonio.